I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. The Battle of New York was the end of the world. This is the new world. I am a soldier's angel through the eyes of a soldier through the... What were you after? The truth. World peace. I'm a soldier's angel. You've got a hundred men at your disposal. And now... A hand-picked team. In a war of words between... Just call us shield. And yes, they're that good. No one walks away from this battle. Hello, howlers, and welcome to another episode of Agents of Shieldcast. I am Colonel Chaos, aka Chipsella, and joining me tonight, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing. Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart, he makes his own soap, folks. <laughs> I'm the premier soap maker. I make organic soap. <laughs> Homemade in my own bathtub. <laughs> Gotta make your own soap, Andy. Yeah, oh, definitely. After this week's episode, 100%. Yeah. I'm never, ever buying shop-bought <laughs> soap ever again. <laughs> makes you wonder. That Coulson, yeah, you know, especially it's- if it's... Yeah, especially if it's blue. Never buy blue soap. <laughs> <laughs> I would always recommend never buying blue soap anyway. Like, but yeah, it's kind of hipster, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing good. How are you, Chip? I'm hanging in there. Busy weekend. Uh, you know, it's yep. Easter. Um, had time mm-hmm. with the fam. Uh, yesterday went. Went to Yankee Stadium. Took uh, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, and my mom to Yankee Stadium. Nice. To watch a game. Uh, my father-in-law is a Cardinals fan. And the uh, the Cardinals and the Yankees aren't in the same league. Okay. The, Car- the Cardinals are in the National League. The Yankees are in the American League. So uh, they don't play each other all that often. In fact, the last time the Cardinals were in New York uh, at Yankee Stadium was 2003. My wife just told me that. So, huh. uh, so it was a chance. And my, like I said, my father-in-law is a big fan of the Cardinals. So uh, we got him tickets so he could go to the game. So it was. It, it, it's a long day, though. <laughs> <laughs> no matter yeah. how you slice it, uh, you know we left our house at eight o'clock last night. We didn't get our yesterday morning. We didn't get home to, from the game and dinner until probably nine o'clock last night. So, yeah, mm. twelve hour twelve hour trip, door to door. So okay, but yeah, hanging in there. Got to you know. Just happy shields back. Get to you know. Get to watch some good uh, television. I think you mean Hydra. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I got it wrong. <laughs> so, but what have you been up to, Andy? Yeah, about the same for me. Um, Easter stuff today and work and the usual. <laughs> busy, 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 busy. So busy. Uh, good so, fun today though doing Easter stuff, uh, rolling the eggs and all that. Okay. I, I'm using only my uh, my my daughter like 
she wants to like paint eggs and stuff like that. Um, and she wanted to do, <laughs> she wanted to paint an Undertale egg. So you know the game Undertale. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like she's got really into this game, <laughs> like it's an indie game from like two years ago. She's like so into it. It's unreal. She knows everything about all the characters, and uh, she wanted to like do an Undertale egg. So she did an Undertale egg and uh, got to roll that. It was fun. You know they have they have Funko Pops for Undertale. Yeah, I, I saw something about that this morning. She made me look up all the pictures of all the all the characters and whatnot. So yeah, because I've seen them at yeah. I, I know more about that game than I, I probably ever cared to. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a bad game. I have I got it as part of uh, that Steam uh, package. I haven't. I think I I think yep. I did download it. I just haven't actually played it. So. But yeah, nothing, nothing else too too exciting to be honest. Okay. Well, uh, well, let's get into some news then. I'm trying to think. Was there anything else worth mentioning this week? No. Yeah. Really. So we've got that. Just I've got a few things okay. here for like news mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, the we've got the Jessica Jones uh, season two, the Rimmel's characters first of all. Yeah. So this is this is coming from the sort of like. The descriptions of the the casting call, I, I think it is. Um, so we've got uh, these these are these are sort of placeholder names, clearly. But the, from the descriptions of the characters, we can sort of work out who they potentially might be. So Could be. Uh, first of all, you've got Doctor Kirby, who's in his sixth. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first of all, we've got Doctor Kirby. Male could be any ethnicity. Is uh, a scientist and a free a free thinker. This person's going to be a series regular, uh, who's only on a one year deal though, which potentially means that his character could die. <laughs> uh, we've got Pre- Presley, who's a late thirties male, African American, intelligent, uh, driven, and self assured. A fractional series regular, so uh, a bit part character. Uh, Oliver, who's thirty-four to thirty-eight, male, Latino, artistic, paternal, smart, scruffy, smart and scruffy, and hip, fucking hip, hipster douchebag here. Hipster douchebag. <laughs> uh, yep, and he's going to be a series regular. Makes uh, his own got Ingrid, soap. who's yeah, <laughs> early to mid thirties, uh, five foot eight, five foot eleven, female, dark hair, attractive and edgy. He has a history of living on the streets. Educated as a nurse, but streetwise. And she is attracted when she's attracted to men and women, and this is going to be a series regular. So the the speculation is kind of pointing to uh, Kirby being Doctor Carl Malice, right? Which in the Marvel universe is who? Which is the uh, person who was responsible for developing the serum that gave Nuke mm-hmm. and potentially Jess Jessica superpowers. Uh, there's Presley, who could be uh, Paladin, who is a womanizing mercenary, known as Paul Denning in the comics. Mm-hmm. And Oliver, uh, it's been speculated that he might be Otis Johnson because of his ties to Mister Knight and Colin Wing in the comics. Small tie, like. Mm. Don't know about that one. Uh, and they reckon Ingrid could either be Ian Sue, who is a, a bisexual character that was recently introduced in the comic Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hell, okay. or 
could in fact be Typhoid Mary. Which has been rumoured for a while. Which sounds more likely to me. Yeah, yeah, we've we've had a lot about that before. So that'd be cool if Typhoid Mary popped up. Yeah, I still think she belongs with Daredevil, but okay. But yeah, you can introduce her here and then have her go over there. Supposedly, yeah. If she survives. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, anything else you want to add about, about that story? I, I think that's about all we can get no. from that. <laughs> I mean, uh, Paladin was a pretty cool character in the comics. The few times yeah. I saw him, he would be a good... Uh, he would make a good fit or a good uh, regular on Heroes for Hire. And I think you have to build, I mean, fine, do the Defenders. But after this, um, you know, 2019, 2020, I think you got to start thinking about Heroes for Hire as a series, more so than the Defenders. You know, Mm -hmm. take Daredevil out of the mix. What do you think? Daredevil's got two, maybe two seasons left. Um, I think I it just depends. don't see it going forever. Okay, so. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think because of the way they're shooting these, like it's they're not like they're not quite yearly shows. So, like, what specifically for Daredevil, it's not quite a yearly show. Right. So the characters are going to age a lot in between seasons. So if you go two years between seasons, there's a big age gap difference, and they're not going. They don't really do time jumps per se for these sort of things. So there's only so long that like Charlie Cox and whatnot, can continue to play the same characters at a similar sort of age. So let's say you have two seasons left of Daredevil. Maybe you get mm. another Defenders in there, maybe. Um, I, I think with the characters that you have developed, and you know, and remember the Punisher's going to be around as well, um, but you'll mm. have Hellcat. Uh, you have Electra, neither of which make are good for heroes for hire. But if you can develop, but you do have Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, mm. Danny Rand, yep. Co- Colleen Wing, Misty Knight, and if you could have a Paladin and a White Tiger, mm. um, and maybe one or two others, you uh, you have enough to do a decent heroes for hire show. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good shout. That's that's a good solid lineup to have a really interesting and diverse cast for for Heroes for Hire. And, and, then it, and it means you could the emphasis isn't too much on off. those characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could introduce them in Heroes for Hire and spin them off into their own show, which is mm, sort yeah. of what you did with Luke Cage. I mean, it was already announced. But you introduced him in, you know, he was a big part of Jessica Jones season one, and then you, uh, and then he got had his own series afterwards, or even Punisher with Daredevil. You spun him off. Mm. So I mean, I, I think doing something like that would be good. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, what else we got? So. Other news, um, a real weird piece of news came out this week. So, uh, Josh Brolin, who is Thanos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has been cast to play Cable in Deadpool 2, 
which is in the Fox universe. Uh, he's signed a four-picture deal to play Cable for Fox. What? What the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't know how this works, but I assume that after Avengers 4, his Thanos like, contract is up. Because I can't see him continuing on as Thanos and like Cable working for Marvel. It's two different characters in these two different universes at the same time. That buckles my mind. Well, you would assume that uh, Thanos is beaten by the end of Avengers 4. And, you know, probably won't be back in the foreseeable future. The only the only recurring true. villain we really have in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Loki. Mm. <laughs> so, um... Yep. So I I could see, you know, hey, his contract's up. They're doing Deadpool. There's no reason he can't be Deadpool. It, I mean, he's basically CG. It's more his voice than anything. Mm. Well, it's it's his likeness as well, yeah. and I assume he he probably does most like mocap stuff for it as well. Because like the Thanos like looks a bit like him with yeah. the purple and with the kind of chin beard thing. I thought there to, were a lot of fair, interesting people up for mm. this role. So seeing him yeah, come out of the nowhere and get the cable thing, it's like, huh? To, to be fair, I think it'll be good as cable. Like, and it'll yeah. be really good foil to. Uh, it was really good foil to like uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds as uh, as Deadpool because you see him. Like, I don't know if you've seen uh, Men in Black Three. No, I did not. Well, Men in Black 3 is actually excellent. It is probably the best one in the Men in Black series. And it's a shame that it like, didn't do too well in the box office and whatnot because it's brilliant. Um, but basically the, what Will Smith's character is he went back in time and met with like a younger version of uh, Kay's character, which was played by Josh Brolin. And obviously mm-hmm. in the old, in other movies it was Tommy Lee Jones that was playing Kay. So he goes back, and it's really interesting how he, like, embodied Tommy Lee Jones's like persona as K so well in that movie, and he plays like the straight guy to like Will Smith's slightly wacky guy mm-hmm. in that in that weird way. So like he will he, he will be perfect in this role because Cable is like the straight guy to Deadpool's funny guy, like in the comics. And like I don't know if you've ever read like the Deadpool and Cable comics, but some of them oh, yeah. are absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, really good. Yeah, th- this is going to be a buddy flick. And it's going to be, yeah. um, instead of Men in Black, let's go with, um, oh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. that'll be fun. Mm. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting to bring that up because it, <clears throat> because he is like someone that's in the MCU and is like going over to the Fox in the Fox cinematic universe, which is, is odd but interesting. Um whether or not that means there's any ties between the two, I don't think so. You don't we really don't know what's gonna happen with Infinity War. It could it like Infinity War could literally change every single thing about the MCU as we know it. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to know that for another what, two years yet. It's just the potential that the movie has to do crazy things is so vast at the moment that we've no idea what's going to happen. 
but interesting to interesting to uh, think about that going forward anyway. Um, okay, so Spider-Man Homecoming, it looks like uh, Anguri Rice's character has been revealed, who she's playing. And who is that? Gwen Stacy. Okay. Uh, so, it's not, not really a surprise to, to me, to be honest, but like people seem to be going crazy about it that Gwen Stacy was going to be in it. I mean, like she's a fundamental part of the Spider-Man story. She needs to be in the Spider-Man story, so it makes complete sense for her to be there. So, it's Cool. Yeah, I'm glad she's in it. Not not a big surprise to me. That someone is someone is going to be playing her in the movie. You need her. I mean, she's part yep. of uh, Spider-Man's formative years. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we know that uh, Defenders is wrapped now as well. It's wrapped shooting as has uh, the Punisher. And uh, both of these, they put out like some really cool like series rap posters that are kind of like noir sort of style, and they look really cool. What was that? I'm sorry. And like the the Punisher and uh, Defenders are both wrapped now, and with both of these, they've put out like the sort of series rap poster of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, there's some really cool artwork here, like really nice noir sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- well worth well worth taking a look at if you're interested in that sort of artwork and stuff like that. Uh, I can't wait to see both these shows. Going to be going to be awesome, both of them. Now, Defenders is August, and do we have is Punisher after? It's after Defenders. They've just said fall. Okay. And then and then Daredevil's after Punisher. Okay. I'm just trying to get the Yeah. The timeline straight here. Yep. So I really look forward to both. Like uh the work they've done leading up to these I think these shows are both gonna be massive and both awesome. Uh so two two final things to talk about. First of all, a really weird rumor <laughs> that I've come across. Really strange from a, a few days ago. Uh, it's been heavily rumoured that Apple is trying to buy Disney. <laughs> yeah, I heard this. Holy shit. Um, supposedly they're they're looking at $200 billion, which is an enormous, enormous move. But like some of the properties that Disney owns not is are insane. So, I mean, you're talking... Uh, you're talking... Marvel, you're talking Star Wars, so Lucasfilm, they're talking ABC, ESPN, and all the other things that fall under the, the Disney umbrella. Everything for $200 billion. That seems really cheap to me. Really cheap. Considering the potential that that, that has, that seems really cheap. I, I would, like, if, obviously I'm not a financial expert, guru person, but if I had to, like, pick a out of thin air, the value of the Disney company, I would say it's worth a trillion dollars. Easy. Based on current and future potential. Well, because the way Disney's going, it's only going to get bigger. It's $200 billion, right? Yep. That's yep. a lot of money. Yeah, but I think it's worth a lot more than that. Like, Star Wars, Marvel, plus all the Disney shit. I mean, some of these movies make a billion dollars on their own for one movie. You know, and that's not including all the other, the comics, the, the action figures, all the rest of it. Insane. Insane. Um, 
there was also a rumor in amongst this as well that Disney was apparently thinking about buying Netflix. What? <laughs> Which so, is crazy. Oh, di- oh, Disney buying Netflix. Yeah. See, I like that. So imagine okay. Disney I, I like that more than yeah. like Apple buying Disney because Apple buying Disney is is scary because then a lot of Disney content, and we're talking Marvel, we're talking Star Wars, we're talking Disney, pretty, I mean, would pretty much become exclusive to Apple. And, you know, I'm sure Apple's got, well, first of all, they do have more money than God because uh, they just, you know, are oozing money, and they can pretty much buy anything. Yep. Why don't they buy North Korea or do something useful with the money? <laughs> but this isn't yep. knuckleballer, so I'm not going to get into politics. But um, that's an interesting one for knuckleballer. Why doesn't Apple buy North Korea? That's that's a good question. Yeah, maybe I'll <laughs> use that this week. Last last week's got way too. It goes from bombs to abortion. So uh... <laughs> okay, wow. Well. Yeah, um, but. Uh, you know, if um, I, you know, I get scared. You know, I, I always get nervous with Monopoly, and Disney is a scary Monopoly as it is, as uh, your mm. co-host Allie has told me a couple times, and it's always made me laugh. Uh, Disney now owns everything I love, except yeah. the New York Yankees. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, so, you know, ha- out of time. <laughs> so having, you know, having all that under one roof already is a little scary. Um, mm. But now, now, uh, and, you know, Di- well, obviously, Disney is a content provider and owns distribution uh, channels like ABC and ESPN and uh, they have their own television channels. Um but now, now you're owned by a specific device. You know, Apple does. You yeah. know, you know, right now, Dis- Disney is on Netflix. Disney is on ABC. Disney is on Fox. Uh, or in terms of some Marvel shows, and more coming. And FX, mm-hmm. um, Free Freeform is owned by Disney, um, but. And Hulu, you know, we do have what mm-hmm. the Runaways yep. or whatever coming over there. Yep. Um, so right now, while Disney does own everything I love, um, App- if Apple now owns Disney, I mean, are you going to need an Apple TV? Does this mean that? Mm. Uh, you know, well, that would mean Apple would own ABC. So, I mean, maybe mm. the stuff gets focused into there. There's a lot of good that can come of it, but there's things that that worry me. And, you know, I'm just coming up with this because <laughs> I didn't know we were going to discuss this uh, story tonight, so I didn't have time to think about it. But as I'm thinking about it, um, Apple is very good at a making things cool and taking other people's ideas that have been around a ye- for mm-hmm. years and making them their own and turning them and mm-hmm. turning all the hipster douchebags onto them, uh, mm-hmm. but 
they don't own entertainment. They are a platform that entertainment is delivered to. So now you would have Apple controlling Disney and making decisions regarding, you know, and some of the, some of the stuff Disney has done, you and I have questioned, um, you know, where does Disney end and Marvel begin in terms of Mm. who decides what characters are on shield and yeah, you know, so you ha- you have that, you know, uh, you know. Then they they restructured and basically separated Marvel Television from uh, Marvel Film or whatever they call it, Marvel Marvel oh, Studios, studios movie yeah. studios, um, which may or may not have been a good thing. Um, but uh, so now Apple is the one making the decisions on what content we get and where does this Mm. mean that all of a a sudden um, you're going to need an Apple TV because Apple, you know, they're going to start, you know, a star Wars channel that's only available on Apple TV. It's not available on cable. Yeah. Um, Mm. Same thing with Marvel. You know, so, um, and then they decide which shows get made. And you know how you know for for from what we can see, Marvel has had a pretty free hand, and Disney has been more or less hands off in terms yep. of content and content development. And we know you know the Apple formula is they control everything. Yep, absolutely. So, which which worries me. The the one thing that I think that could the, the one thing I do think could be positive about it would be that I do think that Apple would get all the Marvel properties back under the one umbrella. Like in terms of the movies and, and whatnot. They would get the the X Men back from Fox and Fantastic Four and all that. They would just buy those out. That would be a benefit, yes. They could because they have the money to do it. Yeah. And it's like fuck this, you know. Here's a hundred million. Just give us Spider Man. Give us the X Men. Yeah, we want them back. How much? I mean, tell me. T- just tell me more when to stop million, putting zeros yeah. on the check, and you know. <laughs> but but yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you updated if there's any developments with it. Um, personally, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm not the biggest fan of Apple. Yeah, I. Uh, cons- consolidation gets gets scary because eventually it gets top heavy. Yeah. And now, uh, and just taking it beyond Marvel and just beyond Star Wars. I mean, those are gr- two great franchises. But now, mm. they also own uh, a bunch of television networks. Yep. You know. We'll we'll leave Disney as part of the Disney franchise, but you have ESPN, mm-hmm. you have Freeform, which isn't really Disney. I mean, it's Disney, but not classic Disney stuff. Yeah. Um. You have ABC, one of the, one of the three key networks in America. Yes, yeah, interesting. Very interesting to see what happens with this. So we'll, we'll keep you updated. This this will be a story that will probably 
uh, Jesse for, I would say, a couple of years, I think. I don't think this this won't go through for a couple of years, if it ever does. Oh, I, w- I would... If the next time we will hear about it, if we ever hear about it again, because if it's a rumor, you probably won't ever hear about it again, is when it happens. And if it happens, yeah. it'll be by fall. It'll be by the end of the year. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah, I think if if it's fucking Apple, they you know they got the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's either going, you know, um. It's basically once again. Just tell me when to stop writing zeros on the check. Boom, done. Yeah, well, that's true. So um, basically, the, basically, it's been speculated that Apple's kind of looking to build a an instant competitor to Netflix because Netflix is now mm-hmm. such a worldwide brand. And I mean, everyone subscribes to Netflix. Like everybody does. Because and if you owned, it's a good. A, thir- a third of the content on American mm, television, yep. you know, ABC, ESPN, um, and then all the Disney and Marvel stuff, and you had access to the entire Star the the Star Wars universe. You could, you could, yeah, you could make uh, uh, a something to challenge Netflix real fast. It would be nerdcore to an extent. Mm. Because, you know, but uh, there, there, there's a lot of interesting things about that. I mean, do you? I mean, does ESPN also? So, uh, does ESPN become part of Disney, uh the Apple t- television experience? And the only way you get it is through Apple TV. You know, obviously yeah. there's contracts mm-hmm. that have that would have to play their, their course out because ESPN has contracts yeah. with the cable companies. But, you know, as those uh, contracts expire, you know, is it well now the only way you get ESPN, which is on my house 24 seven usually um, when I'm not <laughs> watching some uh, a tel- TV with the wife, it's on right now in the background. Um <laughs> Uh, would you have to have, you know, I guess you would have another, uh, subscription like you do to Netflix for that content. I don't know. It's, mm, yep. it's interesting and we're spending way too much time on this. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Very, very interesting. And yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but I just thought it was worth mentioning because that could change a lot of things for for us going forward. Um, would we be owned by Apple Chip? Is that is that something that would happen? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, if Apple wants to buy Agents of Shield cast <laughs> and Keep the Forty Two <laughs> Level One, we'll we'll throw all three in, um, and you know we get Apple benefits. I'm sure I'm sure mm-hmm. Apple has pretty good benefits. I, I'm sure they do, yeah. Three iPhones for life, yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a benefit? Mm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> my new, my, my new yeah. uh, Galaxy okay. 8 Plus shows up on Friday. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Yeah, I don't know That's if Apple's going to hire me, Andy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an outspoken critic. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I like their products. Yeah, me too. I just uh, hate their phones. I'm, yeah, and I'm a Sony guy, so yeah, <laughs> they don't, they won't like me either. <laughs> right, okay. Um, moving on. But I can be bought. Story. 
yeah. I just keep adding zeros. One day they'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, so final news story. The, uh, the Thor Ragnarok trailer dropped. Yes. Uh, I presume you saw it. Yes. And how how good was this trailer? Getting me excited. Getting me excited. Yes. I I was very surprised by this trailer, to be honest, because for one, they've taken a completely different take with this movie. Like, I mean, we heard a lot of things about it, doing the Planet Hulk and all this, but I still didn't think that they would go for this tone because what these first trailers do always is set up the tone of the movie we've seen it with spider-man we've seen it with mm. guardians we've seen it with avengers captain america everything they set the first trailer sets the tone for the movie gives you an idea of what the movie's going to be about and this is completely different from the last two thor movies completely different this is much more like guardians for me um they've even got thor bloody breaking the, the fourth wall talking to the camera what <laughs> Which is interesting, even in itself. But it may not be breaking the fourth wall. It may be him telling, yeah. uh, like, the story to somebody else within the movie. But obviously, it's a trailer, so it kind of they chop and chop things around. But very cool trailer, very reminiscent of Guardians, very alien esque, and it looks like we're going to a bunch of different worlds and seeing a lot of different stuff. And it was funny; they used a good song as well, um, and the Hulk was in it, and and it was funny and badass at the same time. Mm-hmm. And also Mjolnir got broken, which was yes. a bit crazy. <laughs> so very interesting to see how that all pans out. Uh, but yeah, like from that from that trailer alone, like if the if the uh, the movie is as good as that trailer, holy fuck, it's going to be good. Well, I think I think part of the problem with the old with uh, the two previous <laughs> Thor movies, mm. there are you know, Thor's very deadpan or. Um, serious um you know i i think you needed to do something to lighten them lighten the movies up a little bit mm. and Bert- i mean to, to be fair to, to be fair the the first movie was a bit lighter than the second one like he was it was the whole fish out of water sort of story where he's coming to earth and dealing with all the earth stuff and like mm. drinking Office for the first time and all that, um, and there was definitely comedic moments in it, and it was a good Thor movie. It was a good movie for a Thor movie, and I liked it. Uh, the second one was just bad. It was not a good movie. I just totally right with that one. Very serious and very deadpan, and not not a good movie. But but you know, Thor is a. I don't want to use the word somber, but I can't come up with something be- better. You know. Um... He he's a character with a lot of gravitas. It's mm-hmm, you know yep. it, 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 he has a more serious tone to him. So when he does, so the fun Thor that we see from time to time, and we but see we see it more in Avengers. Yep. Um. And and to lighten it just a little bit, and make it so. Uh, you know, I'm not looking for Deadpool wacky. I'm not even looking mm, yeah. for Guardians <laughs> wacky, okay? I'm just looking for yep. something with uh, that is just not as uh, somber and, uh, mm. you know, uh, has a little more uh, 
charisma, I guess, might be one of the words I would use. Uh, something like that mm. would uh, will help, I think. Yep. And uh, certainly going by the number of times that this trailer was viewed in its first 24 hours, uh, it's going to be big. Like, clearly this has been like seen and shared and shared and shared mm-hmm. all over like, the internet. Um, and it racked up over 136 million views in its first 24 hours, which is the most viewed Marvel trailer of all time, ahead of Civil Wars, 94 million, and also Disney's biggest to date as well, which uh, the, the previous record holder for uh, Disney was uh, Beauty and the Beast with 127 million views. Uh, that's, I believe that's all in the first... 20, uh, like 24 hours yeah. and even beating out all the Star Wars ones although I don't think they've got the data back for the uh, the Last Jedi okay. trailer as of yet so that could have that could have topped it because that was a good trailer as well mm. but yeah it was a great trailer and I can't wait to see the movie yeah. I, I'm getting excited for it and it's hard to get excited for Thor movies mm. I mean you know the the first one, okay, there was some interest because it was the second movie you're bringing, you know, you're already talking, because um, I don't consider Hulk the first movie. Iron Man is the first movie. Hulk is more of a prequel mm. movie, okay? Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, so Thor was the second one, so yes, I was interested to see where how they were bringing things together there, but... Um, and then, like we said, the second one, yeah, it was it was all right. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, so you ha- so uh, this one, this one, I'm starting to get a little excited about. Mm. And I, I hope we get you know, let's do one more trailer uh, around the time of Spider Douche. And then uh, let's try and keep keep things uh, a bit close to the vest until the movie comes out. It's getting hard yep. not to see something about Guardians these days. Mm. You know, it, as we get closer, and it's like, no, I don't want to spoil this. No, don't read that. No, don't watch this. Tomorrow night they have the entire cast of Guardians on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. And I don't know, I, I'm sure it made uh, Facebook or the internet somehow. They actually showed a different snippet of Guardians uh, on Jimmy Kimmel last week. Because mm-hmm. his sidekick, Guillermo, uh, gets ha- has a role in the movie. All right, okay, cool. He, he's cop number two. And you can barely see the top <laughs> of his head if you pause it at a certain point. I mean, he's basically cut out of the entire movie, but he's in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they did a big skit on it. But what it did show is they're going back to Earth on this movie, which I didn't know until I saw the until I saw the trailer, or until I saw this bit on yeah. Kimmel. I, 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 we did hear something about it, because they did shoot some scenes in, uh, it was Australia, with, like, pedestrians running about and stuff, so... Yeah, it's hard to know exactly what era, what era that's going to take place in, though, because it might show you, like, uh, Peter Quill's dad going to Earth and meeting his mum and that. Could be. 
So we don't know if that's going to be like the actual guard is going off or if it's going to be like a flashback type thing. We'll see. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, tomorrow night um, we're DVRing uh, Kimmel just in case I fall asleep nice. or forget so we can catch it. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be giving that a watch. And they, they're going to have the whole cast there, supposedly. Ah, uh, nice. Kind of convenient since, a, you know, here, here once again is it's ABC. You know, Jimmy Kimmel is ABC, which is owned by Disney, which mm-hmm. owns Marvel. So yep. uh, Kimmel always gets the entire cast on his shows a week or two before the movie. Usually like the it's night good, before good the up. Yeah, it's good advertising. Although to be fair, I mean they do. They, he gets the DC guys on as well. Yeah, like not... the, like he had the Batman v Superman cast on and stuff. And... Did he? Kimmel? That was. Yeah. Well, I mean, he... yeah. No, that was uh, what's his name at Comic Con. He did that. Conan. No, because he had that. Conan. No, Brian. Kimmel did. had that. Had the suicide. Kimmel had squad. that whole. No, no, but Kimmel had the whole thing with the Batman v Superman thing, and he was like in the bit of the movie. Remember? Oh, okay. Yeah. They, whole, they uh, shot the whole thing where, but yeah. he went in and he was talking, and he's like, "Hey, Clark Kent, you're Superman." <laughs> That's right. I remember that now. Okay. So, so I mean, it's not just for for yeah. that, but they 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 do good things on 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 the Kimmel show. It's quite funny. Um, but yeah, the, that Thor trailer was great. Uh, if you've not seen it yet, go and go and watch it because it was it was brilliant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other bit of news, and I think Tim Hernandez brought it up uh, as well. Yeah, as I try and find the Twitter again, uh, looks like yeah, it was Tim Hernandez, and I've I've heard this now from a lot of sources. Uh, it's looking better and better that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to get a season five. Nice. It's gaining steam that it's more than likely, which probably means that we're all going to be crushed when they cancel it. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be, yay, yeah, we're getting another season, and then May 16th is going to roll around. It's going to be, fuck. Um, Yeah. I, I hope it's true. Uh, we'll do the ratings right now. It won the time slot. It was up against repeats. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it barely won the time slot with the same day numbers. So. When's a when? It's fine. So, when's, uh, when's a when? <laughs> it's holding at 0. 0.7. It does great. It does better with the DVR numbers. So, uh, we'll leave it at that. But, um. I. Looks like looks like we're employed for another year, Andy. Nice. <laughs> so. We'll be employed by Apple. Yes. Or yes. Disney. <laughs> and pretending to like our yeah, new iPhones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other news stories. Uh, I think that's it. Why don't we get into this week's episode? Cool, so this week's episode, uh, season 4, episode 17 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of HYDRA, uh, it was called Identity and Change. Uh, once again, I must point out, everything that happens in this episode, entirely in the framework. So, <laughs> is it relevant or is it not? I'll leave that up to you to decide. Um, I have so more we theories see, uh, on this, so... Okay. 
So we see Daisy explaining the situation to Coulson. Um, he says that Hydra lies about everything. Uh, Coulson thinks that Hydra is using mind control soap, which is some blue soap that everyone seems to use. <laughs> so he's decided that he's going to make his own soap now. Um, and he also he mentions Tahiti and whatnot again, and Daisy kind of explains that his brain has been rewired a little bit, and that's why he's been able to remember stuff, and this hasn't tricked him quite so much as uh, it has everyone else. Uh, Ward calls and informs them that Hydra is sending a unit to pick up Coulson and they, they decide to leave. Uh, we then see Mac tinkering with a drone um, and we see that his his kid is with him and uh, her name's Hope. Um, we've, we've heard them mention this before. Like how she, in, in the real world, she died and whatnot. Um, so his kid, Hope, has scavenged a uh, Hydra drone to fix, her, to fix up her drone and Mac has been struggling with his one. So she's a, a bit of a whiz kid, this one. Um, but Max kind of and a little bit annoyed at her because he basically wants them to try and stay off of Hydra's radar and uh, just not deal with these people. Although, given the fact that he's tinkering with a drone himself, that's going to get him noticed sooner or later. Because all, all these things are contraband in this world. There's no phones and no like computers or anything like that being allowed to the normal public. So he's going to get noticed sooner or later. Uh, he says that he'll return the drone parts later and it'll be everything will be fine. He'll He'll sort it for her. Uh, and he takes her to wait for the bus, presumably to go to school. Uh, she and, and he, we see her like with her eyes closed, guessing uh, what what make of cars that are going past by their engine noises, which is pretty cool. It's, it's something you would like I didn't expect this, but like it makes sense for like Mac's daughter to be doing this. <laughs> she's she's a chip off the old block. Yep. And uh, Hydra and agents then show up to check uh, people's ID. And there's quite a lot of people waiting at this bus stop, which is which I thought was strange, but because it seems like a very quiet suburbanish sort of place, and there's loads of people at this bus stop. But Hydra shows up to check IDs, and we, we hear that laptops and electronics are contraband. Um, and Hope tells Mac that she has the drone in her bag because she was going to uh, return it to where she found it from, so that like no one would get into trouble. Um, and Mac takes the, the bag off her and says that he'll handle it if anything comes up from it. Uh, now, another guy at the bus stop runs away, and the Hydra guys mention that he, this guy's on the list, he's a potential inhuman, and, and take him away and leave. Uh, we see Coulson introducing himself to Simmons. Uh, he tells us that he makes his own soap, and you should too, as do I. <laughs> uh, and we also get the immortal line, thank goodness for Grant Ward. <laughs> 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 which is which is just so funny like considering all the things that we know about Ward like oh my god <laughs> um, but yeah Ward has uh, set up a meeting for them with the head of the resistance and but Simmons wants to reach out to Fitz because she, she thinks that she'll be able to get through to him even in, in this world like obviously Daisy's been able to get through to Coulson but mm. I mean, we know that that's only really because his, of like his brain being rewired and whatnot so the uh, the framework thing hasn't quite taken its hold on him as much as it has with the, the other people that are in there, like me and Fitz and whatnot. But yeah, Simmons thinks she can get through to Fitz. Uh, they find out that Radcliffe is in the framework as well, but has disappeared. And then we cut over to uh, the Triskelion, where we we Fitz mentions to uh, Ada that his uh, project Looking Glass is ahead of schedule. Now, I'm not quite sure what this project Looking Glass thing is, but for me, the 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 name of it 
indicates to me that they're trying to find a way to sort of look at the other universe that they keep talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously the the real world for us, but the other side, as they call it from them, the, the other universe, which they would take to be something, I think, along the lines of like Earth 2, if you're thinking of it like from the way they do it in Flash, be like the alternate universe to what they're in. Um, so Madame Hydra, or Ophelia, as she's called here, who is Ada. <laughs> oh, I didn't pick uh, up on the to... Ophelia. Yeah, so they call it's called her Ophelia. So I, is that Madame Hydra's name in the, in the comic books? I, I'm not sure. I didn't think so, but I'll look. Yeah, so so what we're checking out, we'll, we'll continue on. Um, so she reveals to Fitz that that the subversive that she's hunting is Simmons, and Fitz kind of seems a bit nonplussed by this, and basically says that, yep, he's going to take care of it and eliminate this threat. And he says that he would do anything for Ada, and says that he would cross the universe for her, which we know in the real world this is what he did for Simmons. So mm-hmm. a little bit confusing, but Fitz is clearly all the way into this Fitz character of being the Hydra Doctor guy. Uh, we then see Daisy going to the Triskelion and we see a ward just sitting in his cubicle like, I don't know, he's filling out a form doing paperwork or something. So that was really amusing to me just to see ward in a cubicle. like Because <laughs> you never see him do that. He's always doing cool like action hero things or being a villain or whatever and he's just sitting here. And his wee cubicle, like, in an office job. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so Daisy checks uh, some of Madame Hydra's restricted files uh, and says that the soap made her do it. <laughs> 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 and she gets an address on Radcliffe, but uh, it seems like she gets caught by May, um, so she passes on the intel to Ward and he leaves. I did find. Uh, so we uh, then see Coulson and Simmons going to the. Yeah. I, okay. I, I did find Madame Hydra. Ophelia is not one of the names she's used. Miriam okay. Drew, Leona Hiss, Ms. Smith, mm. Madame Hydra. She's also known as Viper. Um, yep. But yet her real name is unrevealed. Okay. Interesting. But I mean, uh, she certainly looks the part as, as like the Madame Hydra. In, in this world, it's pretty cool. Um, I will get more into that in a, later on in this episode. Um, so, yeah, Coulson and Simmons go to the Resistance meeting place and they get taken away in cuffs with bags over their heads to meet the leader of the Resistance. Um, and we see the reveal of the leader, who uh, is Jeffrey Mace. He says, I'm Jeffrey Mace. Welcome to S.H.I.E.L.D. And we we see uh, in this episode there's a couple of this and there was a couple in the last episode as well where there's parallels to things that have happened in the in the movie universe and and, to Sh- and shield as well so like last last episode we obviously had grant Wars like turning and here we have colson being awestruck by the patriot much like he was when he was fanboying out about mm-hmm. captain america in the first avengers movie so in, in this universe obviously the captain america never got brought back so colson would never have fanboyed about him but in this universe, like the Patriot is essentially like, Captain America, and so Coulson is fanboying out about the Patriot. So I thought it was a really cool like little parallel to, to that. And there's a couple more like later on in the episode that were, that were really awesome as well. Uh, we see that the Resistance is based at the same Shield base that Shield is based at in the real world, um, obviously. But only only here it's kind of run down and unused because Shield has been 
off the books basically they've been on the ground for quite a number of years now um, it's also revealed that uh, Billy Koenig died getting uh, Mace the location of this base mm-hmm. this, this base has gone basically unused since the war times when they were using it like during sorry, Agent Carter times and whatnot. And uh, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents uh, who who have died in service of of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, their names are all engraved on bricks on the wall, which, it was again, I thought was a nice touch, because obviously in, the, uh, in our universe, they're engraved on a wall uh, in the Triskelion. Don't know what, that, what happened to that wall after the, the fall of the Triskelion, but they were all engraved, engraved there. And Coulson's name was, was there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, did you someone yep. did you stop uh, and take a look at the names on the wall? I did try to, but I couldn't. I couldn't really see any of them. It wasn't clear enough to me. Did you? Did you see any? Uh, yeah, we read all the names, but um, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything. There were no recognizable names. Okay. Uh, we do see that we found out that an agent died in the field on one of the recent missions called Agent Cook. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean anything to me. Uh, I never heard an agent cook doesn't ring any bells to me. Um, we we see as well that Shield is housing potential Inhumans to keep them safe from Hydra. So they're har- they're harboring the refugees essentially, mm-hmm. and uh, and then see that what the rest to reveal that Hydra has captured or Hydra's got Sky slash Daisy. Oh, well, they've not really got her, and um, she's basically just been put on the task force to capture Simmons. Uh, and May says hail Hydra in in a meeting, <laughs> which was which was very funny, disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we did see another scene with uh, Mac and Hope, who and uh, they they kind of talk about humans and uh, sorry, inhumans, and they say that they don't hate them. And uh, Mac says that there are people just like us. And uh, Hope says that she wants to watch Chopping Mall again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's obviously a reference to the to Mac's uh, fascination with these robot, <laughs> these killer robot movies. And he mentioned this movie Chopping Mall in the episode when uh, when Ada came and like attacked the shield base. Uh, now over at the shield base here, uh, Ward doubts Simmons' loyalty, and she pulls the "I was at the Shield Academy and have a Shield badge and was shot in defense of Shield" card. And Mace is like, yeah, okay, you're good. I trust you. <laughs> uh, so they get these coordinates, which are... Um, it's like somewhere out near the, the Bermuda Triangle, I think they said it was. Yes. Yeah. And um, Simmons is like, there's that. There's nobody there. Yep, there's nobody out there. There's nothing there. Uh, so this, this is where they reckon Radcliffe is. Um, May says that he can't afford to send a team, so they decide that Simmons and Teacher Colson will go as the, the away team, and uh, Ward will go to fly the, the Quinjet and supervise. He'll babysit. Uh, we then, yeah, he'll babysit them. Uh, we then see May and Daisy busting into a house, and it turns out that it is Mac's house, and they bust in and basically arrest Mac and his, and his kid. And uh, Daisy is pretty appalled by this she's like oh shit like i didn't realize this was going to be the mission like fuck what i do um but yeah interesting <laughs> uh, so uh simmons doesn't tell shield about uh this reality being fake because she doesn't want to bust their bubble essentially and only colson really knows 
about it at the moment because he is ready to accept that this reality is not real because he's kind of had that feeling for a while uh, due to his memory, due to his brain being a bit wired differently. Uh, we then see May interviewing Mac, um, and she tells him that people who haven't done anything wrong don't end up here. Uh, and Mac does say that he would do anything for hope. Uh, Ward, meanwhile, apologises to Simmons for leaving Sky slash Daisy, and he says that he would die for her. And Simmons is just just kind of like rolls her eyes and is like, "Oh, I'm sick of this shit," and walks away. <laughs> she's having a she's having a hard time uh, with the the whole uh, good Ward thing. Yep, <laughs> yep, because she knows, like, the, the there was this time when she did trust Ward, and there was, he was this, like, version of the good Ward, and then he turned and became bad, so she's just, like, waiting for the penny to drop and for him to turn and be bad, essentially, I think, is what she's waiting for. Um, we find out a couple of interesting details about Coulson in this reality. He lives alone and obviously makes his own soap. He's a total hipster. Um, he's also divorced. Which I thought was kind of interesting because yep. I don't know that we knew that, that. I don't know if he was divorced in our universe. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think he ever got married. I think you know. Uh, no. He he was married to Shield, and you know he had the thing with the cellist, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. You know, which uh, got derailed. Yep. So did you think he got married to the cellist then? No. Nope. Nope. I think it's somebody else. Be interested to know who you got married to. It'd be funny if it was me. Mm, no, I don't think that. I don't think it would be me. But I mean, like you know how he's he's kind of coming around to this whole thing and talking about like how Hydra lies and all this. Mm. Maybe he's like referencing that to me because she works for Hydra. Maybe. Could, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll see how that pans out. But I think we will find out who who his wife was. And if we don't, we should. Um, so uh, Fitz uh, reads Ada's uh, secret files on Simmons and finds out that she was executed at the academy. Um, and Ada reveals that Simmons actually is someone that has crossed over from the other side. And they mentioned that they thought that that was impossible. And Fitz asks her about her time in the other world. So they've obviously discussed this a little bit before because mm-hmm. Fitz knows that Ada was at one point in the other world. And she tells him that S.H.I.E.L.D. won the war, Hydra lost, and uh, Ada was treated like a slave, basically, as less than human, because she's a fucking robot. <laughs> and uh, she, But she says that everything that she does is so that she and Fitz can be together. And Fitz seems kind of conflicted at this point. Like, he's not quite sure how to process this information. Now, uh, Sky then meets Hope, or Sky Daisy meets Hope, yep. No, I'm just, I mean... <sighs> We'll get into it at the end. Well, I'll just leave. I'll leave my thoughts for the end okay. on Fitz. Okay. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, so uh, Sky meets Hope, and she realizes that this girl was the hope that Mac lost. Because I don't think that she knew about this, or certainly put two and two together and realized what had actually happened. And this is this is what actually happened. She's obviously kind of come to terms with that now. Um, and Hope asks her to help her dad and she says, don't let anything happen to him. And this is really, it was really sad for me because obviously like we know the real story like behind 
like Mac and obviously in the real world his daughter died and whatnot and he's not he never had the chance to like spend any time with her and whatnot. So that all this whole thing was just really heartbreaking to me. Um but yeah, and then Sky goes and uh, meets with Mac and he says that he remembers her and that her name's Daisy Johnson and they're both shield agents and uh, Sky Daisy immediately starts going, okay, right, we need to do this, this, and this, and oh, Yo-Yo's safe on the outside, and he just kind of looks at her blankly, and he's like, you don't know who I am, and, and Sky's like, well, you don't know who I am, actually, do you? He's like, yeah, no, um, uh, May told me to say that. <laughs> yeah, that was... Basically so that she oh, let him go. Shit. Which is a... And, yeah, she's like, oh, shit, I've just revealed everything to you, and you've recorded it, and May knows everything now. She's got me. Bugger. <laughs> So yeah, Daisy is rumbled and she tries to fight her way out. And she she leaves the room and, and manages to sort of escape for a while. And we see May get a very, very Star Wars moment for me. Very Star Wars villain moment where she, she just like steps into frame and says, lock down the elevators, find her. <laughs> like, it was okay. like yeah, a all right. badass Star Wars villain moment for me. I was like, oh man, this is epic. Um, uh, so then we see Ward Simmons and Coulson going to Radcliffe's sort of summer retreat place, if you will. Um, Coulson's job here is to try not to die. Um, Simmons gives him a gun, which he doesn't know how to use. <laughs> and when when they meet up, uh, Radcliffe calls Ward Hive. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. Hive, what are you doing here? And he's like, no, no, it's not Hive. It's the one before that. Right, okay. Interesting. Uh, Coulson calls Radcliffe out for implanting bogus memories. That's not cool, bro. <laughs> um, Radcliffe does mention that there's no escape from this place, um, which is interesting. Now, uh, over at the Triskelion, Daisy does the uh, the Captain America elevator fight scene where yes. she walks into the elevator and says going down. So that that is like a, almost a direct lift from uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier where he just like walks into a lift full of like uh, shield agents that were actually Hydra agents and uh, beats them all up, which yeah. was a great scene. Now, this one they kind of downplayed it a bit, but they, they did the whole thing of like her going in the elevator and said going down and then coming out and everyone's beaten up. But really cool little nod to that. Like I, I like these like little things that they're doing, where like these things are still happening, just in a slightly different way. Now, uh, after she gets out of the elevator, she does get caught by May and gets beaten up a bit by some Hydra soldiers. Uh, we see that Radcliffe is with Agnes in the framework, and that Agnes doesn't remember the other world at all. Um, her body is dead, as we already know, and the framework is all that she's got left. And he does reveal that uh, Ada killed him in the real world as well, and so he now also only exists in the framework. Essentially, Ada found some sort of loophole to be able to kill Radcliffe, which, because that was essentially going against her programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Simmons is understanding and following along with all of this. Ward and Cole, like, Coulson is, understands a little bit, but it's still like, what the fuck? And Ward has no clue. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, little man. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> Because everything that they're saying is absolutely crazy to him and mental, and he doesn't get it whatsoever. 
Uh, Radcliffe does tell Simmons, which is now this is the only bit of the episode that really forwards on the main story in the real world. Uh, so Radcliffe does tell Simmons that Ada is keeping the captured Shield um, members at the Russian dude's oil platform in the Baltic. Mm-hmm. So this is the the superior, if you remember. Now, is the superior dead? I can't remember. No, he, is he still superior, He's got his. He's Modok. Remember. Right, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. His head's yeah. in a jar. Yeah. Okay, that's right. So yeah, they're keeping him at the uh, at his oil platform in the Baltic. So when they do eventually get out, they do have a location to go to try and get the guys back. Which at this point, now you've got that, you don't really need to be in the framework anymore. You just need to try to get out without like killing anybody, uh, or without killing any of the shield people dying and presumably they'll just continue on living their uh, life in the framework until you get there to rescue them so you need to like think about your exit strategy now that you've got the information you needed um but yeah so he uh, does mention that he built in an exit for himself but that it has almost certainly discovered it already and uh because she's already disabled seven's exit uh, she already knows that they're there um, and a Quinjet approaches at this point, and Radcliffe tells them all to hide as it comes in. And now we get another awesome Star Wars type moment where we get the Star Wars ship exit from Ada and Fitz walking out with a bunch of like Hydra troopers at their back. Um, now, was this Zephyr One or was this just one of the kind of newer Quinjets? Uh, I don't think it was Zephyr One. Okay, so it must have just been like one of the sort of newer designed Quinjets and. But like it was, cause it was more because of what Colson said. Like, what kind of madman flies around in a ship like that? And that's oh, what made me think it was the Hydra one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... I'd have to have a closer yeah, look and compare I, them. I would but... have to kind of go back and look. But but I love how uh, Gemma was telling uh, Colson, "You should you should see your fleet and your sh- and your ship." And you wouldn't believe what Zephyr yeah, One yep. is. Yep. <laughs> so uh, Ada tells Radcliffe oh, that the island's no-fly zone was breached an hour ago, and uh, Ward doesn't know who Ada is, but like the person that's over there is that's Madame Hydra. Um, and we see here that the uh, with the Ada Radcliffe dynamic has shifted somewhat because it's kind of like the whole thing of the student has become the master sort mm-hmm. of thing. Because Ada, Ada is like in control of this whole situation now, whereas in the other world it was Radcliffe for a time until Ada killed him. Um, and she uh, and she does say here that look, essentially what allowed her to uh, rewrite her programming was that Radcliffe said to her that sometimes it's okay to kill to save a life. So this is this is how she got around her programming and was able to kill him because she was doing so to save another life or other lives. Uh, she does, however, get mad when he calls her Ada, because the A in Ada stands for artificial, and she says that it's degrading, uh, being kept in a closet and treated as a thing. <laughs> uh, Fitz finds Agnes at this point. It, you, you were going to say something now. Yeah, I was... You, it's... You know, the master has become the slave. The slave has become the master. I th- I think that might be better than student uh, okay, yeah. teacher. Um, but 
she is showing just a lot of emotion. Venge- mm. She's yeah. vengeful. She's jealous, you know, of mm. Gemma. Uh, she apparently has a romance going on with Fitz, which mm. means she had a crush on Fitz. Because we knew, I- she, you know, she was plotting something. We just didn't know who she was, um, you know, who she had a thing for. We, You know, I think we thought it was Radcliffe. And then, <laughs> and then until she yeah. uh, put his head in a jar, we thought it might be uh, the superior. Yeah, because you know she was kind, you know she was kind of checking him out when he was uh, getting beaten up and uh, you know mm. um, shirtless, and mm. she she's just they just need, they just need to short circuit the bitch ASAP. <laughs> yeah. mean, she's probably become one of the most hated figures in the I mean she is truly one of the most evil characters we have seen in the Marvel Universe to date mm-hmm. yeah she's uh, very dastardly and, and I mean in, in this world she is kind of real like because it is just everyone's just their own like, like it's their brain that does all the work in here so she is sentient in this universe f- yes. for Hundred percent sure. I mean, it seems does seem like she's gotten gone that way in the real world as well, to be honest. But she's clearly plugged herself in here and become like a, a real person in this universe. Yes. So uh, Fitz has found Agnes in this, and obviously we see that Agnes obviously looks the same as uh, as Madame Hydra, <laughs> which uh, they're well, it's, they're both a bit kind of shocked about, and uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Um, we see at the uh, Triskelion that Mac calls his kid Sparkplug, yep. which was his sort of pet name for Lincoln, if you remember. Yep. Which I think was cool. Um, but we, I don't think she's an inhuman by any means, but... No. Um, and, not likely. Cool. I'll be back yeah. in a sec. Cool, cool. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so Hope says that uh, Sky was nice to her, and uh, May comes up and uh, says that Hydra thanks you for your service, and after after a pause, a small pause, Max says he'll Hydra, and, and we can see by the look on his face that he's kind of conflicted about what he's done because, well, he just got this shooting, or he just got this woman caught, who was nice to nice to his daughter and seemingly like seems like a good person, um, and I mean he doesn't like Hydra very much by the sounds of what we've seen so far. So he's very conflicted about all this, and he, he he's clearly thinking that Daisy Sky is actually one of the, the good guys and he's done something bad here, which goes against his sort of moral compass. Meanwhile, um, you know, Ada claims that Radcliffe is from the other world and wants to replace Madame Hydra with Agnes, which is is not true. And uh, <laughs> Radcliffe tries to convince Fitz that this is not true. Um, so Fitz pulls a gun out on Agnes. And while this is going on, we Ward sets up a, a rifle to and gets Fitz in his sights because, well, Fitz is about to kill this seemingly innocent woman. Um, so Ward is ready to shoot Fitz with his sniper rifle. 
uh, obviously Simmons has to interject here because if Fitz was to be killed here, then he's dead in the real world as well. So Simmons kind of explains her love for, for Fitz, not in full, because she doesn't mention anything about the real world and the fake world and whatnot, but she does stave off Ward from shooting him. Uh, she says that Madame Hydra's just messed with his mind and that if, the, if Ward does shoot him, then she'll lose him forever. And she also says that Fitz would never hurt an innocent woman. <laughs> now, Famous <laughs> yeah. last words. Boom! Yeah, yeah, she just said that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Radcliffe tells Fitz that he was like a son to him, and they watched football together with beer, and uh, and he, uh, Fitz helped Radcliffe build Ada. Um, and Fitz and, and Ada's like, cool, that's enough. Like, like we've heard, we've heard everything we need to do. Like, the agents can find uh, these uh, subversives that kind of we can leave. But Fitz wants to hear more about what Radcliffe mm-hmm. has to say, so. Uh, he and in fact asks him about like Simmons. What about Simmons? And uh, he tells them he tells them about Fitz and Simmons in, in the real world, and says that they were forced to be reckoned with, and he nearly drowned to save her, and he, he crossed the bloody universe for her. Uh, and he says that this isn't you. And Fitz says that he knows exactly who he is. And he then kills Agnes. Point blank, shoots her in the chest, dead. Dead Agnes. Now, now in, in the real world, Agnes's body is already dead, but this is still her consciousness. Mm-hmm. So he still technically has has killed the consciousness, even in the fake world. So it's sort of a grey area, but still, um, he's he he's killed someone, which kind of goes against our fits from the real world. But we, I think we'll get into that at the end. Um, so at this point, Simmons shouts out and, and blows their cover and uh, Ward and Coulson have a bit of a shootout with the Hydragoons as they escape back to the Quinjet. Um, Simmons is in shock, essentially, that Fitz killed Agnes. And uh, uh, Coulson's kind of surprised that, he, uh, <laughs> that he's able to shoot a gun. <laughs> he's like, oh, so I can shoot? Cool. Uh, meanwhile, Mac has come this. to... He, he is just... Having yeah. a nerdgasm. Yep. He, he's gone from, like, in one day, he's gone from being a, a Hydra teacher to being, like, on the inside of the Shield Resistance, meeting one of his heroes and, like, going out on a, a mission. Yeah. <laughs> and he seems to have done all, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, meanwhile, Mac has come to the uh, the Shield base to tell them what happened with uh, Daisy and Sky and tells him about Hydra taking her captive and he, he mentions that he couldn't look hope in the eye so he has to make that right. Uh, we then see Fitz torturing, uh, well we hear Fitz torturing Radcliffe as uh, Sky listens on um, and we see that she is battered and bruised. She's been really badly beaten up. Um, Fitz then comes in at this point and uh, informs her that he reran her test results and it turns out she's a potential inhuman. Obviously, we knew this already, but and she did as well. Uh, and he says, We've got plenty of ways of making you talk. Another Star Wars A type line. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, really, real like Star Wars parodies in amongst this. Um, and uh, Sky Daisy says to him, You don't want to do this. And he says, Yeah, I do. I guess you don't know me at all. And like, really, really weird and interesting how evil they're making him and how good he is at doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, do remember, entirely set in the framework, all of this. So all that's happened in the real world is the people have lay there and done nothing. 
Nothing's happened in the real world. Yeah, now, we'll get into that in a second. I have. Yeah. So, the, 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 like I said, the one thing that's worth noting in the episode really is that they uh, Simmons did find out the location that the uh, shield agents are being held at in the real world from Radcliffe, which is useful information to, to know. And this is really why they went in there to to find out where they were. So they've got that information now. They just need to find out how to get out. So. Quite a decent episode overall, even though nothing happened in the real world. We still didn't see Yo-Yo or any of the things that were happening in the real world. Uh, what do you think of this one overall? Shocking. Um, <coughs> there, there were things, uh, you know, uh, Ada becoming more and more human. Mm. Uh, I find interesting. Um... And as she does it, she becomes uglier, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, when 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 she was uh, Radcliffe's blow-up doll, uh, you know, she 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 had some great outfits and you know uh, was pretty hot. But now that she's mm. gone completely batshit crazy evil, and mm. be, is appearing more human. She, 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 she's just she's an ugly human being, and you know, just she, yeah. she's everything ugly in humanity. She 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 isn't bringing over any of humanity's good traits. Yeah, and uh, you know, everything she says is you know, yes, it's you know. Humans are ugly creatures to begin with, but um, <laughs> you know everything. You know uh, she, she even anything that uh, is good, like love and loyalty. Um, she has just warped it, and bro- I think it's you know bringing yeah. it down to cold logic that takes all the 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 good out of it. And, you know, we talk about this world, uh, you know, that, you know, she created for everybody else. No, she created her own world for herself, where she she's the supreme ruler. She, you know, mm-hmm. Fitz loves her. Mm-hmm. Simmons, she killed off her competition, Simmons. Yeah. Um, she banished uh, Radcliffe. To a remote island to keep him out of the way, um, and you know, and that was you know, well, she she killed him, but he lives on in the framework that she's sworn to protect. So she, you know, she's got around the loophole that she would never kill Radcliffe. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, you you have that, and then you have Fitz. And yes, you know, Fitz has been turned evil and is yep. pretty much capable of anything as we as we saw. I mean, Fitz isn't the type of guy isn't the type of person to kill somebody in cold blood or even kill I mean, I we've never seen him actually kill somebody, but and you know, that's kind of the thing behind uh what are, what do they call the guns they use um 
Yeah, the ISIS, yeah. ISIS. So they don't have to kill anyone. Um, so, and here, here we see him shoot a defenseless girl, point blank, cold blood, uh, mm. as, you know, a bloodthirsty killer. My concern with, you know, and the thing you keep harping on is that none of this happens. This is all fake, you know, fake news, fake world, fake story. And you are absolutely positively right. But if they retain the memories and what they have been through in this fake world, what, what happens when they come back? To reality, hundred percent, it's going to affect them. Even though, even though the events, like quote unquote, aren't real, and still because of the way they've experienced them, they're going to feel real. So, like when Fitz does eventually come out of this, Freddy comes back as like, let's say he comes back and he's good and normal, he's still going to have this memory of having killed this woman, right? And you which know, is going to affect him. It's it's going to affect him. It's going to affect his relationship with Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. We find Fitz to be a very <sighs> fragile character to an extent. Mm-hmm. In term, and I don't mean in term. I mean, through a lot. You know, he he's not the he's emotionally distant, or you know, he 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 hides behind the science. You know, you could see mm-hmm. cracks in his shell when uh, his father was brought up by Radcliffe. Yep. Um, th- you know, there's a lot about him that he seems to have walled off. And now we're, you know, and now we're seeing this other side. Uh, you know, yes, he's successful. He's got the hot girlfriend. Um in Madame Hydra, he, uh, you know, he's number one or two, number two at Hydra, something, or you know, he's one of the, in the top yeah, echelon. Yeah. Um, he is evil. There's, I don't yep. think there's any other way to put it. He is a bad guy, and he's probably badder than, you know, maybe up there with the real Grant Ward, because the real Grant Ward mm. was a bad, bad guy. Uh, to quote uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, but Confl- he was conflicted. He was a conflicted individual. <laughs> you know, other than that, his fondness for Sky, you know, I don't think I question what was real there. Um, and then, and then, you know, young Hydra in love was absolutely hilarious, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh so you, you know what while everything that is happening here is fake and you would hope that they would eventually get to the the base and unplug everybody um the, everybody is going to be affected some way somehow yeah, you know, yeah, so- there's the there's the joke on the internet that I see every once in a while um, on Facebook. Uh, my wife my wife had a dream of uh, last night where I did something horrible to her. Now I have to be 
buy her now now today i have to buy her flowers for something i did in the dream you know uh yeah yeah so so let's let's just talk about like the characters individually and how this could affect them right right because i think it could be really interesting for like the the tail end of the series so i think i think we've probably got maybe two more episodes of this before this whole thing comes to conclusion Maybe, maybe more than that but i think two episodes could probably wrap it up um, but, but yeah, so first of all, like Coulson, don't think it's going to affect him too much. Um, he he's kind of unravelled it already in, in framework, and when he comes back to the world, he'll have he'll have come to terms with the fact that yeah, that was all fake. And we might get mentions of like his divorce and whatnot, um, and it might potentially make him want to pursue getting into an actual relationship with me, and that will push him into it. Which good, awesome, that that's good for him. Uh, me, I think we'll come out of it and just and be open to this because, like, she's been through this whole Hydra thing and she's like, yeah, I need to do something happy and be like, have a happy time. And with Coulson, she can have that. That's fine. Uh, Simmons and Fitz, I mean, Fitz is gonna their relationship's gonna be strained for if if uh, if it even can survive this because Simmons, Simmons knowing Fitz's character very well. Him. 100%, yeah, and I mean, Fitz is going to remember having killed this woman and all the, the sort of bad things that he did in here and how he felt when he was doing that. So, I mean, he he could potentially turn like into a bad guy out of out of this. Like, it could send him over the edge to... And it could it will certainly push him away from S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I think that's, I think that's probably going to happen at the end of the series. He's going to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, not necessarily leave the show, but, like, he's going to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. and go off on his own for a bit just to kind of try and clear his head and get a bit of space from it and, and whatnot. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so we've got Daisy. I mean, Daisy and uh, and Simmons, both, they already know what they're going in there for. And I, I don't think it's going to have affected them too much. It might make Daisy think a bit differently about her relationship with Ward, maybe. <laughs> that, like, he really did love her because I think he's going to end up sacrificing himself to save her in this universe. Like the, the this fake world version, which I, I think is going to be his redemption and whatnot in the overall story arc, even though this is a fake version of him, but still kind of cool to see that, and and I think this will help her finally like move on from Lincoln, and she'll be able to be, get on the dating scene again. Not that there's anybody in Shield for her to date, but so be it. Um, Mace, I think that Mace is going to uh, remember. Like how good it felt to be like the inhuman leader of uh, of Shield, and most he still has that on paper. I think he's going to want to become like the hero, the quote unquote hero that he is in this universe. Like he's going to want to be that in real life. So he's going to uh, get, or he's going to want Fitz and Simmons or the whoever's still around to work on like creating him like a suit essentially to make him the patriot in the real world. Uh, and now finally we come to Mac. Mm-hmm. Mac's the only one that's left. I don't think Mac is going to want to leave the framework. I think he's going to want to stay there. Hmm. Because in in that in this universe, he ca- he gets to like have that time with his daughter that he never had, and that he can't ever experience. And in the framework, he can have that full experience and uh, live out life with her. And I think he's going to want to do that interesting theory and i i don't disagree with it now that you now that you brought it up but 
one, I think I want to talk about one other character. We really haven't talked about Mace. And, yeah. you know, he he's his voice has changed in the series. Mm-hmm. He has this Captain America of the 1940s yep. uh, vibe to him. You know, uh, the way he talks, you know, it's almost like something out of the 1960s Batman series. You know, Adam West. <laughs> in terms of uh, his tone, the, his gruffness, you know, he's he's almost trying to pull off the Chris Nolan Batman to an extent with a, a bit of a growl to his voice. I, I, I don't know if it's quite as, like, comedic as, like, the old school Batman, but I, I see where you're coming from. He's, he's got a bit of gravitas to, like, what he's saying. Um, yeah. He's got kind of power and weight behind like his uh his demeanor and like how he's talking and whatnot and he's he carries himself like in a mm. different way here yeah he does in the in the real world certainly at this point so uh my guess somebody's got to die it's going to be mace he's the most disposable character of the cast okay um you know he he's he's here for this season and that's it he's gonna die in the mm. framework as a hero. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of Mac, I think that's an interesting theory, and it would suck, but I could see it happening. Could mm. uh, could Fitz become uh, next year's big bad? He could. Yep. I mean, could this just totally unhinge him, and he ends up doing something? completely uh crazy i mean it would suck because i like fitz as a character but uh you know either you have to play out the thing where they get their happily ever after and you know maybe to redeem himself he kills madam hydra and Mm -hmm. then you know You know, he ha- he and Gemma have to, you know, it's always two steps forward, one step back with them. That they have yeah. to, uh, you know, take a break. He has to come to terms with everything that he's been through. Uh, she has to realize it wasn't the real fits. And, uh, you know, by the end of season five, you know, it ends at, you know, the ser- in the series finale, you have the fits the Fitzsimmons wedding. Um, I, you know, that would be the way I want it because I want those two crazy kids to finally work it out and get there happily Mm -hmm. ever after. Um, you know, you know, Daisy won't be affected by this. Simmons just, like I said, and I really don't mean to be misogynistic about it, but she's going (laughs) to hold that against him. That's just what, yeah. Girlfriends and wives do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we we get we get blamed for everything, even things that they that happened in their dreams that we had no, never really ever happened. We still get blamed. Um <laughs> Coulson Coulson is the odd duck. I mean, does he get his skills back? Uh does he come out of this? Um, you know, what what type of um uh, uh, debriefing do you get uh, following something like this um, are you able to I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what it does you know all the 
all the characters will hopefully be affected to some extent. And I, you know, the only one that I don't see all that affected is Coulson right now because, and, um, you know, how how does it have a lasting effect on him? Hmm. Because, you know, by, hopefully by next season or early into next season, um, he's back to being Coulson. Yeah. So, um, I guess if you wanted to write Mac out, uh, this would be the way to write Mac out, but that would suck. Um, but I, I have a feeling May, somebody's got to die and my, my money's on Mace. Okay. Um, one, I went through the tweet. I, anything else, or should we get to the tweets? Yeah, yeah let's go to the tweets. All right, we only had one <laughs> that we haven't commented on. That the rest we've uh, spoken about. Tim Hernandez uh, notes that Nick Blood was spotted on the set of Agents of Shield. Hmm. But you know, so hopefully we get we get a. Uh, we we get a cameo from him. Do, do you think it would be in the framework, or do you think it would be in the, in the real world? Good question. Uh, oh, do you, oh uh, I didn't see the scenes for next week. Did, uh, did the shows like it was in the framework, or? Oh, it's all in the framework. I'm trying right, okay. to remember but it, but I'm, what they? But I no, there was nothing. What they could outside. do. Okay, what they could do is they the. I think they need to show like what's going on on the outside with with uh, a bit of a yo-yo thing. Like so, I think that I think hopefully next week's episode we'll see something of yo-yo and something's going to happen in the real world, different to like the the stuff that's going on with like uh, Ada and whatnot. Um, something will happen, and you need like a team of shield agents to deal with it. And the only people that are re- are like shield agents that are still kicking about that are not inside the framework right now. Are uh, Lance Hunter and uh, Bobby Bobby Moss, so I think she could potentially reach out to them. Maybe not next week, but like if he's just been spotted on set, that's probably a few weeks away. But I, th- I think that that, sh- that could here's be a what I see happening, or I mean, just I, pop them into the framework at some point. I I agree that at some point we have to see that. I would like to see something next week. Mm. And what I'm guessing is somehow, some way, they get a message out to uh, Yo-Yo, mm. you know, uh, at, w- with some coordinates or whatever at, and instructions, and th- and mm. then uh, episode the fourth episode of this story arc, we will see a little bit of uh, the real world again. Mm. That's pr- I think uh, they're st- they're still building and creating these framework characters, and mm, yep. you know uh, while we knew Fritz was an e- an evil doctor in this, we didn't realize he was that evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you're you're setting Fitz up as one of the big bads. You're uh, it gave us a lot more insight into uh Ada and you also had to reintroduce Shield and mm. 
you you still you still need to flesh a lot of that stuff out and you only have 40 minutes a week so um right now you have to figure out a way for them to contact the real world because right now the last thing yo-yo was told was don't connect us sit on your thumb and and we'll Mm -hmm. uh let you know when you need to do something so right now she's just sitting there monitor you know monitoring their bodies waiting for a signal or something so if they can't get out i think they somehow some way they're uh daisy is going i can't remember her name anymore uh daisy chloe sky it's like what what's her (laughs) name um yeah daisy is going to hack into something and get a message out to her and then maybe in episode four we start seeing something uh in regards to uh what's going on in the real world as they mm-hmm. get ready to take care of this but we're going right to the the end of the season with this one okay so all right uh we already did the numbers we already did the tweets i think we're done yeah oh, i think we're done what you, you wanted to know what where i thought nick blood is going to be i could i don't see mm. him in the real world which would i think would be a better place to see him but mm. I see him as being a badass Hydra agent. Okay, right. <laughs> I mean, if if you're going to spin things, he's got to end up on the Hydra side, I think. Mm. So, all right. All right. Uh, Andy, when you're not a badass Hydra agent, where can people find you? I was going to go with Andy when you're not shooting women in cold blood, but I thought it was a little tasteless. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find me trying to turn Ali into a badass Hydra agent by making him use the blue soap every Tuesday on uh, 42 Level 1. We broadcast live on allgames.com. Uh, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time. We talk everything, movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. Um, you can find all our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, as well as allgames.com. All right. I can be found Tuesday nights as well on allgames.com on the B-Team podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern. We talk games, we talk tech, we talk movies, TV, with my co-host Ryan, Eli, and Normie. And then on Thursday nights, you can catch me on Knuckleballer Radio with Eli, Normie, and Sean, where we talk literally everything. And dear God, help us. Next week, our epi- it's it's a sausage <laughs> party, uh, April 20th, uh, which is 420. Uh, Normie's going to be off that week, so expect it to be a vape-heavy uh, podcast. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, I said, hey guys, let's save the vape stuff for next week. So what does Sean do? We, he start immediately. We we spend the first fifteen minutes talking vaping this week. It's like, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, not sure when we're going to do the episode. Andy and I'll talk about that, and at some point we'll be doing more Iron Fist episodes as well. Um, and. I don't care if she's a real doll or not. Whatever you do, don't touch Lola.
Night, guys. Close to love.